totally notice me Try to tell you, baby, I just wanna take my team All the way to the top where we supposed to be Keep them haters way down underneath my feet Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just trying to feed my family Lord, keep me safe while I'm out here, Jeff It's your boy AD. And you're watching Reparations TV. You know, AD, with all the current events going on and all the craziness going on in the world, you know, I think we tend to think about the what that's happening and not really have, I don't even think the the privilege to really think about and, and unpack how it's really affecting all of us, not just black Americans, but America and the whole world as a whole. And, um, you know, it's been pretty interesting. Um, I think that uh, it's not really too much talk about that. I think that uh, we should sit down as a people and really have a, a, a genuine discussion amongst ourselves about, you know, how, let's say, even when we achieve the results that we're looking for, how we're going to actually unpack all this. And, you know, where does it leave us as far as our mental state? You know, I mean, looking at the Derek Chauvin trial and, you know, with current events that just happened, another young man was just killed uh, relatively recently, a 20-year-old young man. You know, an Army veteran was, was sprayed, uh, pepper sprayed and just mistreated. You know, where does that really leave us, you know, as far as, like, how we're processing all of this in our mental state? And, um, you know, today uh, I wanted to bring uh, a special guest on. Um, this is a gentleman who is a specialist in the mental health field. And we wanted to just pick his brain today to see, you know, what he thinks about the totality of our situation as far as our mental health. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so my name is Terrell. I am a therapist here in Maryland. I've been a therapist for about a year now. Um, I've just recently got licensed last uh, March. I um, Coming out into the field, has been um, it's been pretty hectic. But it's been a journey uh, so far. I've been enjoying it. So yeah, I've been doing this for about a year now, Solomon. Okay. And and what is your what's your overall like area of focus? I mean, I know there's like different sects in the mental yeah. health field. So what's your overall area of focus? Yeah. So for me, um, on who I work with, mm -hmm. I generally work with people that present with uh, anxiety, uh, depression, mm -hmm. um, individuals working on their self-esteem, um, family conflict, uh, and grief. Mm -hmm. uh, for me. Uh, the way that I work as a therapist is I work person-centered, meaning that I look at the holistic part of the individual. Mm. I pay attention to the biological factors, um, the psychological factors, mm. and the social factors of what this individual is presenting um, themselves with at the moment. So that's how I work. And as far as mental disorders, the, the sky's the limit, but for right now, for what I've been seeing in the area that I've been working in, it's a lot of trauma. Um, I've been working with individuals that present with uh, PTSD, that just present with trauma-filled backgrounds uh, within their life. Okay, uh, that's pretty in-depth. That's pretty in-depth. Uh, um, Terrell, um, mm -hmm. we definitely thank you for being on today. Um, yeah. You know, we thank wanted you, to have yeah. this conversation because <clears throat> the mental state of black America is something that we don't really feel like people talk about collectively. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, I wanted to ask you this question yeah. in reference to that. 
what do you think is the collective mental state of um, us as a people if you were having to, you know, I'm not necessarily saying to grade it, but yeah. to give an assessment of it? Well, first, I would have to, um, I guess, not refute, but I would have to say something on us as a collective. I believe that, you know, us as society right now kind of waking up involves and in, in saying that mental health is important. So more people are realizing that this is important, you know what I mean, um, than before. You know, previously growing up, I know that within my household, I don't know about you two men, but mental health wasn't looked at as, okay, take care of your mental health first before you do anything else. You know, when we talk about mental health, um, sometimes people look at it as crazy or this person is insane or, you know, that boy is in trouble or that that girl needs some help. I think that's the way that um, it was perceived until, you know, to recently things started, people started to realize, like, listen, um, we need to take care of our mental health because things are happening out here. You know, we're realizing how this has an impact um, mentally and how it can have an impact on us physically. But to address your question as far as, um, you said, African-Americans and the mental state, you know, I would um, I would really ask you gentlemen this, right? So we have to look at what's really going on. Um, just looking at police brutality for one, right? We're seeing people of our own uh, being gunned down unarmed, right? We're watching um, this pandemic and, and research is showing us that African-American women are three times more likely to be killed than a white male, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's, it's all being publicized and, and it's all being brought to our attention. And it's like, how do we deal with this? This is real things that are happening today, you know? And speaking about mental health, and how we kind of process it and unpack it. Some people can't process it. You know, some people cannot unpack it. So when we talk about the overall mental health of black America, you know, we are stressed out because we're we're watching this on, on Instagram. We're seeing our people being gunned down. You know, we're seeing, um, we're, we're involved in this pandemic together. And before this pandemic even started, we were struggling paying bills. And now we're losing jobs. So it's, it's it is anxiety provoking, you know, and I think that the mental state of not just black America, but of course, black America, but the mental state of us all is being affected by this mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I mean, you couldn't have said it better, you know, mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, honestly, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's not even enough to put into words yeah. um, because one thing I know for sure is I know that, a lot of people, um, even not even just Black Americans, really, I think a lot of people are in fear for sure, of yeah. a lot of different things. Yeah, um, I've heard. Um, well, I'm like, I can say from my own experience, as far as the Black experience, it's you know kind of easy to understand why a lot of Black people are in fear mm-hmm. because you know when I see a police car behind me, you know, it is fearsome because you yeah. never know what may happen. Yeah. Uh, or when I see an officer or when I see someone that's that's um, in a, um, a type of role yeah, that, sure. you know what I mean that they, they can they can impose some things so yeah I think I think overall it's just fearsome it's fearsome yeah. but it's not just fearsome on our end I mean even according to um, let's look at the, the, the January 6th insurrectionists they claim to have been in fear mm-hmm. you know I think just as a whole as a country 
um, there's a lot of fear going on. But, you know, I wanted to, to ask you a curious question because yeah. I did a study. Um, this was like years ago, mm-hmm. back when I was in college. This was about mm-hmm. eight years ago. I remember reading an article that, that um, talked about mice and there was this university called um emory university school of medicine Mm -hmm. that had did a study on mice and they did a study on mice being able to pick up the scent of cherry blossoms Mm -hmm. and what they were able to find was there was i can't really break it down all the way to a scientific level but they were able to determine that there was some fragment of the the sperm Mm -hmm. cell in mice that was changing when um there were certain, let's say, grandparent mice that were trained to like pick up a certain smell in okay. cherry blossoms, okay. right? And once um, these generations had passed down, the mice that had never smelled a cherry blossom in their life were like fearsome of the cherry blossom. Wow. And that, that got me yeah. to thinking because I'm like, man, that saying that, you know, that memories and things like that can be passed down from a biological standpoint, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I can't help but to think you think in 400 plus years of slavery for sure right? man. that's yeah. the first thing that comes to my mind 400 plus years of slavery and yeah. counting as far as i'm concerned you know if that's true just on a you know a level talking about mice and being able to pick up scent imagine all the trauma for and sure. the years yeah. of being in fear of being in a, a state of hopelessness and things of that nature you know you know, it makes me wonder, like, could something like that be passed down to that man? Yeah, for sure. Like, what's, what's your take on that? What yeah, do you think about that? First, first off, just just while you're talking, I'm thinking um, 400 years of traumatic events that, that has happened, you know, to our ancestors. And people say just to get over it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so this question is extremely important. And I'm glad that you asked that mm-hmm. um, because uh, we talk about from a biological standpoint and um, throughout our generations, you know, coming from our father, our grandfather, there's certain genes that's passed down to us. Uh, so when a traumatic event happens, right, um, it doesn't just deal with, well, it deals with your genetics. And the DNA um, in genetics is not mutated by the traumatic event, but there's marks that's left, and that's called epigenetics. Yeah. So let's say that, um, you know, we talk about 400 years of trauma that's, that's happened to our ancestors. So the stress that that they went through, you know, um, dealing with not eating, dealing with famine, dealing with uh, sickness, dealing with being beat, the fear, um, epigenetics leaves a mark. So there's a mark that's left on those genes and that's what gets passed down through the generations. But the thing about epigenetics is that it's not the DNA structure in itself because DNA structure kind of is hard to change. But with the mark epigenetics, mm-hmm that can be replaced with positive behaviors. That can be replaced. So for example, um, if you know my parents or my grandparents had a traumatic event or they grew up in, in a poverty uh, area where they're just stressed out, you know, they're so stressed out from life, um, that mark is left on their genes. So coming to me, you know, my genes does have some of that mark of anxiety and some of the fear of certain things. It's like, I don't even know why I'm so stressed out. You know what I mean? It's just there. But uh, the thing about that is, is that that can be replaced. So similar to how that mark was placed with fear, we can replace that with good behaviors. Mm-hmm. So learning new coping skills, right? So it's not that the mark is there just for the negative behaviors. If an individual is taught, that also leaves a mark as well. So yeah, so there is um, some truth left to that being passed down through our generations as far as on a biological standpoint. So pretty much based off of what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. on this, but 
you know, assuming that it is true mm -hmm. that certain traumas and, and memories, um, and in our case, a lot of negative trauma and memories being passed down from a biological standpoint, this is something that can be healed from. Is For what sure. You're That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, that does um, give us a lot of hope to yeah. hear that. Yeah, so it's, it's not as uh, deep as saying that the genes were changed and, and we can't change them. Um, it's just saying that this did happen in the past life and we were given these, these things uh, before we were born, but we are capable of learning new healthy skills for us to um, blossom, for us to move forward. For sure, yeah. Yeah, well, Thank you. this is Reparations TV. So, you know, everything that we talk about um, is kind of like from the black perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, we're black men, so... yeah. Yeah. Um, Solomon and I can only really speak from a black male perspective and our interest is our people first and foremost um, even though we're interested in all people mm -hmm. in all walks of life regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation um, or what have you um, but one thing that I did want to ask you specifically yeah. was what can we do as black people to improve our collective mental state obviously we don't expect things to change overnight we don't expect to magically be healed if we're talking about at least what 400 500 years worth yeah. of trauma that we've just discussed but you know in our lifetime we would like to see progress um yeah. so what do you um suggest that we do collectively is there something that we can do yeah yeah for sure um each individual person you know is different um so my mental state is different from solomon's and and, and different from yours but collectively, what I see myself saying a lot often is to control what we can control and not control what we cannot. Um, and just thinking about that for any situation that you find yourself in, just kind of thinking, you know, anything. Uh, what are my controllables and what are not my controllables? Mm -hmm. And we find out that oftentimes the things that we concern ourselves with, we cannot control. We can only control what we can control. And I think collectively, um, as African-Americans, as black men, we focus on what we can do. We can't concern ourselves on the behavior of a bad cop, right? Because then when we do, we find ourselves getting upset. We find ourselves ready to go at them. We find ourselves, you know, trying to uh, eye for eye. So we concern ourselves with what we can control in this situation right now. And when we focus on that, um, we'll be able to kind of not think about them and think about ourselves and work on what we can do to make this situation better. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's just like something I've heard before where, you know, only if you focus on the things that you can control, you end up a lot more successful in your endeavors. It's just certain environmental variables <coughs> that you'll never be able to control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you spend your energy, you know, racking your brain about these things that you can't control, you're going to get nowhere fast. Yeah. So I definitely understand that. And um, I just got one last question for yeah, you, for sure. um, Terrell. We appreciate you, yeah. you know, coming on the show and everything. And um, I wanted to ask you personally, you know, with, with, with everything you're studying and, and, and everything that you're doing, you know, what impact would you personally like to make, you know, to improve the mental state of black America and as a whole in the mental health field? Yeah, man. Um, I think for me, just being present, um, what I bring, not only being an African-American male um, in therapy sessions, but being a male itself that is able to safely be vulnerable and open up about things. I think us as men 
um, together with natural providers, we're natural protectors. And oftentimes um, we find ourselves in saying <clears throat> we can't be vulnerable because that's not strength. You know, being vulnerable um, is hiding our pain. But when you have some, and this is what I say to everybody, you know, we're not just opening up to the public, right, and being vulnerable to the public. But when you have somebody that you trust, you know, whether that's a therapist, whether that's your man's next next door to you, whether that's mom, whether that's pop, and you're able to open up in a safe space to be vulnerable, you'll recognize you're able to, to kind of gain new strengths, find something out that can kind of help you out versus just keeping it inside. And what I bring to the table is just being that individual. So each and every person that that knows me personally, mm-hmm. that, that meets me in a therapy session, um, it's okay. I provide that safe space to be vulnerable, and that's when that strength comes. So what I bring to the table is just being a male saying, hey, it's okay for me to open up about my feelings. It's okay for me to talk. And we all know that I'm not weak. We all know that you're not weak. Right. You know, In all actuality, uh, mentally, I'm stronger than ever, for sure. Right. And I mean, just... It's important for people to hear, you know, that coming from a source of someone who's actually in the mental health field because, you know, from what I understand, there is a stigma, a a large stigma, uh, when it comes to black people and how they address their mental health. I think for the most part, we just don't either tend to take it seriously or those of us that do take it seriously sometimes don't even have the means or don't even know where to begin to improve the state of their mental health Mm -hmm. so you know we definitely want to keep the conversation going and keep motivating people to take a look at that and address that because these are you know these issues are not going to go away it's just going to continue to fester and fester until the can the lid of the can blows up yeah pretty much yeah and i think that um you know that's a pretty big job to kind of let everybody see that being vulnerable brings you strength Mm -hmm. so i find it um, comforting for me is that wherever I go, um, no matter who I speak to, you know, they recognize that, okay, I'm okay with opening up and, and not feeling like I'm less of a man, right? So whoever I talk to, it don't matter. We're all men. And it's, and, and it's like, okay, wow, if this brother can do it, then I can do it myself. And I find it, you know, especially in the community of where I work, you know, it's like, Bringing back strong men back into the community is a powerful thing. You know, men that now know how to handle their stress. You know, less brothers are being locked up. And and I find that, um, you know, what's the word? I don't want to say it's, it's just a good feeling, you know, just to have an individual come to my session, being a male, being able to open up, being able to find the strengths within themselves and go back out in the community feeling healed and better. You know, versus being in the community stressed out, not knowing what to do, where to go. Um, and, and now they want to bring that anger on the next person. You know, it, it's always good to recognize that strength comes from vulnerability, for sure. That's deep. Wise words, man. We definitely appreciate you. Thank you for coming out, Terrell. We wanted to have this conversation for a while and, yeah. you know, everything in perfect timing. Uh, for definitely. sure. I, I'll come back. Yeah, sure, we're yeah. we going to bring you back on. <laughs> we're going to have to. <laughs> Definitely. We got to wrap this up. You know what it is. You got to follow us on everything at Reparations Brand on Instagram. Put that on the screen, Malachi. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and also hit up our Patreon account. Reach out to us if you have questions. TV at ReparationsBrand.com. Hit that email if you want to reach out and that's something you want us to answer on air specifically also 
Search for us anywhere you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify, Anchor, Google Play. All you have to do is type reparations TV in the, in the search bar and you will find all of our episodes neatly lined up, covers and everything. This is your boy AD. And this is Solomon. And you're watching Reparations, Reparations TV. TV. Cheers. Cheers.